You're listening to the Empower Series, the first Middle Eastern mental health and wellness podcast by Ali Salama. Hey, Lucan, what's up? Thank you so much for coming um, on the podcast. It uh, definitely has been a crazy uh, month or two ever since I got to know you and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. That time is so short, but it feels like so long, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It feels like an eternity there. I know. Thanks so uh, much for having me, man. This is uh it's always a pleasure when my pastor out here. No, man, it's it's a pleasure for like it's li- literally a pleasure to have you and uh I just am remembering when we met at Chris's event. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is short. Life is uh Life is short when you come to think of how crazy things in time flies. So, yeah, um, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I want to thank you for uh, offering to share your take on mental health. It's definitely something that we really need in today's day and age um, with a lot of people that um, happen to just not talk about it as, as frequently as we should because it's a serious um, topic and uh, like it's just as intense as people committing suicide. Um, and some some of the people we definitely have heard of, um, you know, throughout high schools and um, yeah. So, what is yeah. mental health for for for, for Lucan, um, for one of Toronto's leading photographers? Uh, have you ever heard of the uh, of the phrase "art through adversity"? No, I haven't. So it's uh, you know, I'm an artist first and foremost, and that's uh. You know, it, it envelops me completely as a human being. That's mm. what identifies me, you know? That's what defines me. Um, and I would say that in my past, when I've created my absolute favorite work, um, you know, my absolute favorite work has come out of these extended periods of adversity where it's just, you know, that, that, that was my method of escapism, of trying to channel that energy into something more productive or something that I can, you know, try to put a positive spin on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I say I've had my fair share of uh, poor mental health, as I'm sure, you know, a vast majority of people. Yeah. Um, it's how played, a, it it's played a very big like, role in my art. How, how has it played a role in making you who you are today with the following you have, with the with the success that you've amassed at a relative young age? I mean, so many people, you know, take it in a in a different way. I mean... Think of, of of all the things you've been through. Um, how have you managed to channel all that? Uh, I've always prioritized complete honesty. Um, I guess with my art, you know, I've, I'm I would say my life is an open book. I don't have too much to hide, and uh, you know, my art is a I'd say it's a very accurate representation of who I am, at least at the time that I created it. Um, you know, it, it, it was a method of escapism, of, of catharsis for me, um, being able to create stuff like that. And I would say that, uh, you know, I've definitely gotten some kind of pushback, like, man, why are you, why is this stuff so, like, why is it so depressing? Why is it, you know? For me, it's the method of healing, and that's what I hope it would be for other people as well. You know, I hope that they can find some kind of sense of healing through my, through my imagery, through my captions, whatever it may be, you know? And how do you take care of the process of you know using art um to heal yourself and not only doing that but how do you take care of your mental well-being um throughout the journey of of being a photographer of being a 20 uh 20 something year old photographer 
MLA. Uh, I won't lie. I don't uh, keep up. You know, I don't keep on top of my mental health as much as I probably should or could. Mm. Um, sorry, what was the question? How do you how do you make sure you take care of your psychological well being during that process of you know distracting yourself with or or making actually uh, beauty out of that art? If I wouldn't really call it that you're distracting yourself, you're escaping through art. I think that you know I personally escape through music and and through many other things. So how do you make sure that you know when you're out of that trip or when you're out of that journey, when you're out of that photo shoot, you still make sure to fill your time with activities or you know some sort of some something that prolongs your mental health. Right, so I don't keep on top of my mental health as well as I probably should. Yeah. Um, during so? those periods, art has been the thing that, uh, you know, helps me relieve that. That has yeah. been what's uh, remedied it for me, right? Mm. Um, as I mentioned, my favorite work has come out of periods of complete adversity. And, you know, my least favorite work has come out of, you know, lately I'd say that I'm generally a pretty happy person, you know, mm. but... Uh, the consequence of being happy is that I'm not creating things that I'm uh, terribly proud of, right? Mm. Um, so I definitely do let my mental health slip in the sense that in order to try to create work that I'm proud of again, um, you know, I kind of let myself slip into uh, maybe some dangerous ways of thinking so that I can harness those emotions once again so I can channel it into creating something that I'm most proud of because it's that sense of fulfillment after creating something that you absolutely love. You know, it's, it's that sense of uh, personal fulfillment that comes out of that, that I've been chasing. And, uh, you know, when you put your blinders on and you're chasing for that feeling, um, you know, other things can uh, slip out of priorities there. And how do you, you know? make sure that that doesn't take an extreme toll on you? How do I make sure that doesn't take an extreme toll on me? I'm not sure if you have the answer to that question. So is there um, is there any cue point in in within your within your psych that tells you, hey, it, Lucan, this is time, this is this is where I actually need to stop. This is where I actually got to take care of myself. This is where I actually got to put the camera down. This is where I actually got to call someone that I love. This is where I actually got to journal what's on my mind because this is just too much. Is there a, is there any time that in your life you can recall that you know things got a bit too much that you couldn't take it out um, in in your in your art. I've definitely got a great support system, uh, and those are the people that are looking out for me, and they know me. I'd say they know me about as well as I know myself, which mm. is very important. Mm. Um, on a similar note, it's those people that motivate me to kind of keep my mental health in check more so than my own personal motivations. Um, to give, to give a bit of a, a context here, I went to a funeral yesterday of uh, somebody from my extended family. And during the service, there was a point that really resonated with me. Somebody mentioned that, uh, you know, this lady, fantastic human being. You know, she was diagnosed with cancer. She was given two months to live. Uh, and as she was saying her goodbyes to her loved ones, she would apologize. She would say, I'm so sorry for what I'm, what I'm about to put you through. I'm so sorry for the grief that uh, you're about to experience from my loss. You know, um, this lady is going through so much pain, you know, and so much 
it's like it's the end of her life. It's so much for a human being. Like it's just like this sensory overload. I can only imagine. I can't even begin to imagine. But even though those comments were made out of probably uh, just like genuine empathy, um, you know, she she her her priorities lied in those uh, around her. You know, she's not afraid of dying. She was afraid of the effects that her death would have on those around her. Mm. Um, and the way that uh, the reason I bring that up is because I guess that kind of resonated with me in a different way in that my own personal motivation is to take care of my own mental health. You know, mental health isn't something tangible. It's not something you can hold in your hands and realize these pieces are broken and I've got to put them back together. You know, Um, it's something that, uh, you know, poor mental health doesn't only affect you, it affects your loved ones. And it's your loved ones that, uh, you know, motivate me to keep it in check because I don't want to pass anything off onto them, I guess. Right. Yeah. And that's the severity. So in the absence of something it. tangible, where it's like this is broken, this is what I need to fix, and this is how I fix it. It's less of that and more so I need to fix this so that it doesn't, uh, so that I'm not uh, adversely impacting the ones that I love most. Yeah. And what current trends do you see that millennials go through um, with their own mental health? Like, how are you seeing mental health evolve in the, in today's day and age? Uh, what the, with the exponential rise of social media, you know, it's, it's not, it's a pretty widely accepted idea that, uh, social media can bring, you know, poor mental health. There's, you know, especially Instagram, you're always comparing yourself to somebody younger than you, more skilled than you, better looking than you, you know? Um, and I, I have a feeling that that factors in in more ways than, uh, people really realize. Mm. You know, we're spending all this time on our phones each and every day. And if we're consuming this, you know, if you know, we, we become what we consume. If we are constantly looking at this kind of thing, constantly judging ourselves, judging ourselves, comparing ourselves to others, um, you know, that, that's where uh, it starts to take a bit of a downturn. Um, and I don't think the solution there would be to use social media less. You know, a lot of people find that a way to remedy it would just be to take this social media detox, disconnect completely for a week, um, just so you don't have to look at that. And I mean, that is definitely a good fix, but I think the answer is not to use it less, but to use it more wisely, more strategically, right? Mm. You know, if we're, if we become what we consume, um, make sure that what you've got appearing on your phone is stuff that you want to appear on your phone, right? Yeah. Um, in a sense, like don't follow these people that, you know, inadvertently make you feel like less than you really are. Uh, you know, I, I think the solution would be to, uh, you know, follow more artists, follow more, you know, whatever resonates with you, whatever gives you that spark, you know, mm. if you're looking at that each and every day, that's what's going to, uh, motivate you. You've got the, you know, you give these people permission to come across on your phone. Yeah. You know, so many millennials are, you know, have this strange fixation with, uh, influencers or with these meme accounts, but there's not much substance there, right? Mm. So if you're, this mindless content each and every day, then in turn, you're going to, you know, you're going to become that. Um, instead, I'd say, follow artists, follow beautiful stuff, remind yourself of the beauty that lies within this earth. Uh, and remind yourself of the beauty that humans are capable of creating, you know? Yeah, I mean, substance is a huge, um, is a huge issue um, in today's day and age, of course everything is uh, is very bite-sized and you know 
um, with instant gratifying, um, you know, highs, as you can say, it's it's very hard for, um, you know, to stay away from things that, you know, give you that high um, and think a bit deeper. It definitely requires a lot of mental effort, but it's just like any other habit, right? Once you train yourself to learn how to, um, you know, connect on a deeper level, because at the end of the day, what you just said right now is, social media isn't the isn't the cause it's what we're choosing to consume on social media media is the cause so um the 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 choice has to come from you know wanting more depth and um that that's a whole nother topic we can talk about uh but it definitely i do definitely agree with what you're saying right there because um i personally use a, a social media pretty much um a lot throughout the day but i don't experience um the, the average experience that a lot of people sort of, um, you know, say about social media. So I do definitely resonate with you there. Um, but one last thing I definitely want to touch base on is if someone listening to this right now, listening to what you have to say, Lucan, what would you have to tell them to get out of where they are right now? To get out of where they are right now. Yes, um, if they're going what through do you mean a very, if they're going through a tough phase, if they're going through something that, you know, isn't where they want to be right now. Like if they look at your art and they feel that this guy inspires me, I really need to hear something that keeps me going because of because of him. Right. So it's uh you know, if they stumble upon my art and my art is healing for them, then of course uh, a good solution would be to um, <clears throat> try to seek out more sources of that. Um, what's been very valuable for me in the past was, uh, you know, being able to channel that energy. And for these people, you know, maybe my art resonates with them, but maybe art isn't entirely their thing. It's all about finding whatever channel um, they can use as an outlet, you know? Mm. Um Excuse me. My brother-in-law, he's a comedian, and he's also um, a mental health advocate. You know, he does a very good job of starting the conversation and pushing that conversation forward. Um, you know, he loves my art, but his vehicle is comedy. So, um, in order to move that conversation forward, you know, he's been hosting this uh, monthly comedy night, the stand-up night, um, where it's a very, you know, I attended one of these uh, one of these shows, and it was a very kind of it was a very cathartic experience you know seeing this comedian stand on stage and uh make these self-deprecating jokes you know that were made in humor but there's also that very serious undertone you know they were joking about themes of suicide and complete isolation and depression and it was it was jarring to see but for these people that was how they healed they healed through comedy i healed through art you know it's always about um finding your voice and finding how you're able to uh express that how you're able to make noise with that right mm. i think it's uh how 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 what platform or through what mode do you heal that's the question right there right um i think that's a very rhetorical question that i personally am going to take forward um <laughs> when i come to think of you luke and i come to think of all the crazy photos you've taken over the last year and i think of <laughs> I think of I think of how not crazy you are as a person. I think that what drives any human being to become the best uh, and master their craft is a bit of insanity. And um, with this, I, I feel that <laughs> mental health 
as as serious as it can be and, and, and as, as dangerous as it can, you know, get, I think that we also have to harness how beautiful, um, you know, those life-changing experiences can can have an effect um, when it comes to our lives, right? I think you wouldn't be where you are had you hadn't gone through the experience that you've experienced. I wouldn't be where I am personally. So I feel that if we sort of reframe this, this, this notion of, you know, depression and anxiety and understand that, you know, the deeper we are, the more energy we have to bounce back and it's just this pendulum or momentum that we have and um with that note i just yeah yeah i'd just like to say if you have something that you would like to say that we haven't discussed yet if you have someone that you would recommend to come speak on the show and give their take um based on their experience or their knowledge or something they really care about um, with mental health by all means go for it um, well, mental health is a very, uh, you know, it, it's a conversation that's very needed, but it's a very tough conversation to start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially like us as guys, you know, there's this, uh, societal pressure where it kind of restricts us from being able to open up. Um, you know, I've got a very few select people that I truly open up to. Um, you know, there's a very valuable people in my life, but it's a very hard conversation to start. And, you know, we meet, we definitely need more people to push that conversation forward to start that conversation like yourself you know you're doing a great job with this podcast pulling some great people on um to talk about their experiences thank you uh you know and it, it, to start that conversation you know it doesn't have to be uh, you know, during some of my lowest periods you know I, I used to browse these subreddits which were very cathartic uh you know and you know, the posters there with the commenters, they'd always, you know, make these really dark jokes about suicide or whatever else. But in some strange way, it was, you know, it was healing. But uh, I'm sure that many of these people in real life wouldn't be as comfortable with opening up. But, you know, in a community like this, where they're masked by anonymity, they feel much more empowered to talk about their experiences and to kind of uh, have that emotional release, right? So that conversation can be had in so many ways and it's just kind of I think the hardest part about trying to start it or trying to add to the conversation would be trying to find uh, you know try to find that vehicle where you can do so yeah I agree as for people to be uh, added on the podcast <coughs> um it's a very good question you've had JR on there you know that's if you didn't have JR, he'd been my very first thought, you know. He published that Iceland video and it was really, really impactful, you know. It was a very valuable video. Um, <clears throat> He's one sure of those guys that, you know, tell the right story in the right way and <clears throat> deliver the right message through just pure, pure art. And I felt that it was so important to get him to talk, you know. Yeah, for JR, you know, when it comes to communicating through his art, he's very, um, he's, he's very, what's, what's the word? He's very well-spoken, I guess, right? Very clear and concise with it. Is there anybody else that comes to mind that inspires you? Uh, that inspires me, not necessarily like putting him on the podcast, but, uh, you know, maybe he'd be a good fit. I'm not sure. Uh, one of my close friends, 
both Max Whitehead, you know, he's a very talented photographer. He's uh, somebody that I shoot with all the time. You know, we've got a very similar style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm inspired by his work ethic as well as uh, my buddy Clark McRoar. He's my best friend. These guys both have uh, very strong work ethics. You know, these guys are always, always trying to work. You know, Clark especially. He's the hardest worker that I know, but it's, uh, you know, there's always that issue of pushing yourself a bit too hard. And I think uh, one of the most, um, influential realizations that I've had is that this guy, you know, he's got his, uh, he's got dark periods, which are probably just as bad, if not worse than mine. You know, he's got these periods of complete uninspiration, unmotivation. Yeah. Um, you know, despite working so hard, you know, it, he does go through a lot of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the same that. can be said for you. Like, you seem like a guy who's always working his ass off, you know, always working <laughs> so hard. Always yeah. on the phone, man. Always, always moving projects forward. You know. It's, Thank you. I'm it's, sure you get burnt out as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yesterday was Friday night, and you know what? It was just the first time I I can remember taking um like just a night off. I just watched Netflix. I wanted to feel like a human being. But the thing is, with people like myself and you and people that want to really push boundaries, um, there there always has to be this balance and. I personally struggle with it. That's why I'm really passionate about the subject. Um, it's because there's no, there's no right, you know, there's no right answer or there's no one key fit for all. There's just figuring it out. And like, we are all here together to figure it out and make sure that, you know, if someone stumbles, someone else is there to pick him up. And I think as men, um, we have that responsibility to take care and lift each other up. And for the women out there listening to us, they have to know that we are just empathetic and we aren't that, you know, we aren't those creatures that just focus on um, all that is non-emotional. No, we are very emotional beings as well, but we have to really allow that mode of, you know, internal dialect to become externalized so that people can understand that um we do we do have the capacity to be emotional and we do have the capacity to communicate that in a way that doesn't make us less of you know the perceived um men who we are so this is really an art of itself that we aren't really taught growing up as men and as but that is emotional intelligence and that's why i do this show so have people like you and to be to have people like me and to have anyone speak about their feelings and their experiences so that people know that they're on alone. So that if someone's listening and they're going, they're going through something that they can't even understand, we've all been there and it's all right. The only thing that isn't all right is, you know, thinking that it's not going to be all right. And that's why we're here. That's why we're doing that because the, the severity of that is very, 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 very severe. And that's death. That's suicide. And the more we can, you know, do this and the more we can open up, the more people can understand that there is help out there and the more help there is, the more jobs that there will be in the field and the more jobs there are in the field, the more people will be very emotionally apt to have children who are healthy. The more, you know, societies, the more that we will live in a happier world because I think we aren't living in the happiest world out there and that's why I care about mental health. Um, I don't it's know it's a very I, underserved industry. Yeah. You know, there's there's a much higher demand and there's a supply of resources to kind of help you out there. So yeah. That's a very good point, you know. The more conversation that we have here, the more, uh, you know, we can uh, help this kind of thing grow. Yeah. Uh, the more that we can uh, enable support services to help you 
you know, find uh, find the guidance that you need. Yeah, I mean, the World Health Organization has a stat that that literally says two in three people that are mentally diagnosed just don't seek help. They they just they live in fear and they live in stigma. So that just shows you the the scope of what we are trying to do. We're not trying to break barriers or to break stigmas. No, we're trying to raise this, you know, sense of empathy in people. I hate using breaking words and adjectives. That's just too violent. But the thing is, people aren't violent within themselves. If you ask people, do you want to be a fighter or do you want to just be, I know this sounds so damn cliche, but do you want to love someone or do you want to fight against someone? No one wants to be in conflict with another people. No one wants to be in conflict within themselves, let alone. So yeah. having this positive reinforcement is the only way this, this is ever going to change and making a trend out of that and really driving a positively driven, um, you know, agenda and mission uh, is, is why we're here is why we're talking and is why I'm going to thank you so much for being on the show because, uh, you give that, uh, a voice and you giving that a voice is, speaks, speaks for itself after all that we've just talked about right now. You put that in a really good word too, um, about trying to avoid that inner self-conflict. Yeah. Uh, cause the most important relationship you're ever going to have is the relationship you've got with yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so you much. You do good work, man. <laughs> you do very good work, man. Thanks so much for having me on here. No, man. No, man. It's truly a pleasure. It's it's my pleasure. You have to know that I really have a lot of respect for you and your work, and that is never going to change. So <laughs> it goes both ways, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what? You're definitely a massive inspiration to me. You know, all these projects you've got going on, this massive impact you're trying to make on this world, this large, ambitious dream. You know that's really amazing to see you chase that down with uh, every ounce of your being that's really awesome to see man means so much i i haven't got someone to say this to me right to my face like you just have right now and that's just making me <laughs> feel some type of way so thank you so much man <laughs> that kind of sucks to hear man you need to hear that more often you know people you, you deserve all the praise man for this thank you, thank you. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to the Empower newsletter to get the latest news about our exclusive guests on the show, new publications, and articles every Friday.